0: Welcome to episode twenty-four of From the Shedden Podcast with myself T Dot, usual co-host Theo as well joining us. Um, how are you doing, first of all, Theo?
1: I'm good. Happy with the victory on Sunday, and I just um, came back from my a side football and won that too. So the back-to-back double, victories for Chelsea and double, my team.
0: Double result, double result, and exactly. um, we are joined as well today um, or tonight, I should say. It's been a busy day, but we're joined tonight with Patrick, Spurs fan from Views TV. Introduce yourself, Patrick, how you doing?
2: Yes, what's happening, people? It's your boy, Patrick Tyron, aka young Swaggy Daniels. When you see the T, you see the P. When you see the P, you know, it represents T. Let's go!
0: Yeah, I wish, <laughs> wish Spurs
2: should, should have had that enthusiasm
0: in the second half.
2: I know,
0: I know, I It's good to have you on, as always. Obviously, you know, appreciate you jumping on and and discussing things I know I think we spoke about you coming on before the Spurs game I think yeah so yeah. I appreciate that you. you didn't back out you still came here <laughs> and, and you're doing this so no I appreciate it because you know some people they'd um you know they'd yeah, make other yeah. arrangements
2: exactly that, like I said um funny enough on our views post that we put out today we had uh my guy Dash who's an Arsenal fan and he was yeah. giving it to me on on um, Sunday night and I said listen I've got to hold my corn in it. When you guys lose or whenever teams lose, I'm giving it to them. So when our team loses, I've still got to, yeah, I'm not going to like go ducking and dodging and ducking and diving and stuff. I'm still going to be here regardless. At the moment, Tottenham ain't really giving me much ammunition or, you know, they're not really helping me out, but boy, what can I say? What can I say? we we'll are get into it, I guess. And we we'll, we're we'll touch on it. Yeah. Thing, but-
0: yeah. No, it's true. It's true. But um, let's start off with the lineups. Let's go back to, uh, to Sunday because obviously there was um, some force changes for, for Chelsea in terms of um, Mendy missing out in terms of the injury that he picked up during the week against Zenit St. Petersburg. Um, but Theo, I just want to ask you, because obviously I, you know what I think about Kepo. He's very mediocre sometimes up and down, but he does seem to have got a lot better under Tuchel um, since he's uh, obviously the arrival of Tuchel. Again, I think that might just be a bit of a maturity thing as well. The fact that he's obviously a lot older, the pressure's off him now that Mendy's in in sort of, you know, first contention to start most Chelsea games. So that pressure's kind of gone off him. But what was your th- thoughts initially on the, the lineup um, when you obviously seen Keper in goal and not Mendy and the Thiago Silva coming back in into the fold as well?
1: Um, I'm not going to lie. Did kind of frighten me when I saw the lineup. Um, we were speaking um, offline. I think as soon as the lineup was announced, and we we were, we were extremely optimistic about our, you know with our predictions on the previous episode. And as soon as we saw the lineup, my, including myself, I almost straight away thought you know Spurs have a goal in them today, particularly because uh, as we said, you know, Kepper is he's a brilliant goalkeeper and he has found his confidence under Tuchel, but you know he doesn't really inspire you as much, you know, as a you know as if, you know. With, 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 when you've got Mendy, you almost think that's an automatic clean sheet. But with Kepper, you feel like there's a goal. He's not as dominant in the air, but he was. He credit to him, he played superbly. And um, Thiago Silva coming in for me is just that was um, that never really frightened me at all. We saw what he's capable of doing in the Champions League. You know, built the games last season in the Champions League, and then you know his his performance over the 90 minutes. You know, got him the man the match. So um, he fully deserved the start and. You know, he's he's just aging like a, you know a fine wine so he's he's been brilliant but um I did, I was a bit worried when I saw the lineup and I almost felt you know this could be a one one, maybe a two one to one of the two teams. But yeah, I wasn't entirely as confident as I, was, as I was the previous day.
0: Yeah and and yeah I agree with a lot of what you said. I think you know I think when you see Keppers name you do automatically think goals conceded you think, you know, he's going to probably let in a, a goal, but I, I think he's again, I think he's matured. I think he's, he's been taken out the limelight, which has really helped. But, um, Patrick, I wanted to ask you as well, because obviously it was a, um, you know, obviously the lineup that you had out against, um, in, in the midweek game, um, in Croatia, yeah. coming back, having two days kind of less than we did in terms of the fact we played on the Tuesday, um, do you think that had an impact on on the, the team selection? Obviously, because I think you picked up a few injuries in the week as well. Um, obviously, Son came back into the the team for for Spurs as well. So, and you was at the game as well. So, obviously, when you when you um, you saw the lineup, what was your thoughts before you know before you know, kick off?
2: When I saw the lineup, I was really impressed because we know Nuno is um, he's kind of labeled as uh, not defensive, but he's quite a um, reserved manager. He likes to essentially. He's not as defensively minded as Jose, but he is quite a defensive-minded manager. If that makes sense. But when I saw the lineup, I know he he made a lot of mistakes against Crystal Palace. Yes, we had a weakened team, but he he kind of put out a negative team when he essentially put out three holding midfielders. Winks, he had Skip, and he had our uh, Hoiberg, who are essentially the same player to a degree. And there was no creativity. There's no one to link the play from midfield to attack. So when I saw the lineup for us against our uh, you guys. I was really impressed. We had, um, well, uh, Dyer was back, which I was quite um, shocked at because he he had, uh, you know, picked up an injury. They said he had a dead leg, but you saw he was heavily strapped, so he was rushed back. But you know, it was, it was good to see him there. Romero started as well, which I was impressed with. I was shocked because they, um, you know, Romero, Sanchez, and Lascelles had had to quarantine in. Um, uh, where did they have to quarantine? Is it Somewhere? Croatia? Or- Turkey, I believe. Turkey, or Croatia? okay. They had to quarantine there for 10 days after their South America uh, um, international games. Uh, so they only arrived in the UK on Saturday, so a day before. So he, he had Romero and Dyer in uh, defence. Uh, we had um, uh, Emerson at right back. We had uh, Regalon at left back. So I was happy with that. Then we had a midfield three of Ndombele, which was great to see him starting. Uh, we had Lo Celso. Again, I was really impressed with that. And then we had Hoiberg. So the midfield was fine. And then we had Son back, which was a nice um, bonus. Kane, and then we also had um, who do we have on the right? I can't remember, but that that goes to show how <laughs> what happened. How <laughs> who we had on the right? But to Is be De- fair, Delhi was it? Was it Dele 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 Alli? Dele Alli, yeah. yeah, there you go. So we had Delhi Ali, but I was happy with the lineup, and I thought yeah, Nuno showed some intent. He's not gone negative. We had one holding midfielder. The rest are considered creative players or attacking minded players. So I was I was impressed with that. So I thought, yeah, OK, we're going to give you guys a game. And like you said, when I saw the fact that you had Mendy, that filled me with a lot of confidence. Um, obviously, other than that, to be fair, your team has, you got so much depth and so much quality. I didn't look at any other player and think there was a weak link, but I did think Kepa was someone that we could get at and obviously is a bit suspect in dominating his box. I think he's a good keeper, don't get me wrong. Very good shot, uh, shot stopper, but I, am, I do think he's a bit suspect on, um, you know, when you crowd in, putting balls, putting crosses, corners, etc. But to be fair to you guys, we never really got to do that. We didn't get to test him. Um, so, yeah, I think in terms of the actual performance, it was a game of two halves. I feel I feel we was on the front foot in the first half. We were getting in behind you guys. I was quite impressed with how we came out because I do think, like I said offline, you guys, for me, are the best team in the league in terms of defensively. You're solid. Your manager is probably the best current manager in the league in terms of his uh, philosophy, his output, how he reads the game, but also how he adapts in the game. I think his man management and the way he can adapt in the game is second to none. He sees things before they're happening and then he actually reacts in real time, not 10 minutes later or five minutes later. You know, sometimes you see something happening and the manager takes too long and they score or something happens. Tuchel reacts in real time, not half halftime or just after that, Conte comes on. Conte pressing from the front literally changed the game. and You guys were on the front foot and we couldn't, get, we, couldn't get, we couldn't get the ball off you guys. You know what I mean? You put us under so much pressure. And then slowly but surely, we started to crumble. We looked tired. You guys were revitalised. And uh, yeah, so to be fair to Nuno, I can't knock him for the selection. I can't knock him for the intent that we showed. But we can see the difference. I think our, our players are not as fit as I thought they were. And I think you guys just ran as ragged in the second half. And credit to, even though we lost 3-0, I think if it wasn't for Larice. Uh, Daya or Romero I thought they had good games it could have been a cricket score because you guys were just attacking it was wave after wave after wave and even though Kante's goal was a bit weird I, I don't really understand how that went in but to be fair you guys could have scored four four more so I can't really knock Lloris I think he had a good game even though 3-0 doesn't always suggest it I thought um, you guys just put us under so much pressure lo and behold we were going to crack and we did yeah, yeah. it was.
0: I agree with you. I think it was a, definitely a game of two halves because I think the first half an hour, I think Nuno had set Spurs up to just yeah. come with the intensity, bring in that pressure. And to be, to be fair, I think, um, you know, Rudiger, Silva and Christensen were a bit sort of taken back by that. I don't think they
2: yeah.
0: w- were they prepared for that. that. Yeah, 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 I don't think so. I think it was... Um, I think it was a shock to the system uh, in some ways as well. But Theo, um, I just wanted to ask because I think obviously the way that Tottenham started the game with that intensity um, and like Patrick just mentioned in, in, in terms of um, the first half, probably not being the best for Chelsea. We've seen that now really um, I suppose we can go back to maybe the Aston Villa game or even maybe the Liverpool game um, and in, in terms of how, we didn't really play the best football in the first half of our games, even at Zenit as well. You think how we played in that game. Um, do do you think it, it is a case that we're just a team now that sort of, obviously we've missed Kante for some of those games as well. So do you think it's just a case that we have missed Kante in, in terms of the fact he's, he's come back into the team um, against Spurs and put in a good performance and changed the game in some ways on Sunday?
1: I definitely do think, you know, bringing Kante on adds that kind of extra bit of, you know, defensive, you know, winning balls, you know, intercepting those passes. And maybe when you do have a partnership in the field of Jorginho and Kovacic, there is a bit of maybe a defensive fragility, which means that the back three of Silva, Christensen and, and Rudiger have more to do. And as a Chelsea fan, it was a bit of an uncomfortable 45 minutes to watch that first half. I do remember there was a chance thing with Regulon could have easily squared it maybe to a, a Kane or, or Son. And um, Rudiger did quite well to block it, but it was straight at him. So, you know, a bit more pace on that ball and it could have easily, you know, been one nil to Spurs. I think I remember thinking in this, you know, at time, this is going to be quite an uncomfortable second half if, you know, Spurs come back out of that same intensity. But um, then that's when you have a player like, you know, Kante that can come on and just change the game. You know, it could have, it could have been Kante, it could have maybe been Ziyech on a day, it could have been Hudson-Odoi if he finds his form. I think that's why, you know, I kind of, you know, I have to echo what Patrick said. We have probably the best squad and one of the best squads in the Premier League in terms of depth. We've got the manager, you know, can we can make those changes and read the game to see, you know, which player needs to come on. I feel like, I do think bringing Mount on, I was quite shocked at first. I said, you know, you're only giving him 45 minutes. I do agree he was poor, but, you know, we know what type of player Mason Mount is. And at the same time, you know, we saw what Kante did as soon as he came on. And I thought, you know, having Jorginho, Kante and Kovacic on the same pitch, does that make sense? You know, three kind of you know midfielders that don't really offer you many goals, they don't really make, offer you many assists. But then we saw what they can do. You know, you know, one chance when Kante got the ball, which he doesn't really shoot, but he did, and yeah, it was a bit of a fluke. But I just wanted to kind of like, you know, that second half for me was was all all Chelsea. I think you know throughout the game we had twenty shots on to- on um, on goal, ten of those were on target. And 17 of those 20 shots came from inside the box. So it just goes to show, you know, how Spurs were struggling to really defend their box and allowing, you know, players like Alonso, who I thought was superb on the day, to enter the box. And, um, you know, with the fact that, you know, we had 10 shots on target, but only scored three. Again, I can only echo what Patrick said. Lloris was superb on the day. It could have easily been a cricket score. And then, you know, we Spurs just crumbled after the sixty, I think 64th minute, they failed to register a single shot on goal. So it was complete Chelsea domination in the second half, and that's. Credit to Kante and credit to Tuco, I'd have to say. Can I, before you go uh, back
2: on T-Dot, yeah, I just want to say, Theo, uh, superb analysis of the game, great breakdown. And uh, I, I totally agree. That's, that shows the quality of you guys. The fact that, and it shows how good the manager is and he's ruthless as well, which is what you need when you want to be a world-class team. You need a manager that's ruthless and will put his neck on the line and make those big decisions. Because we know how good Mason Mount is as a player. He wasn't doing anything in the game. Get off. And mean, bring someone else on. We've got players that are, are good on their day, but we keep leaving them on. Like Deli Ali did nothing. Get him off. You know, Harry Kane was doing nothing. Get him off. The difference with your manager is he'll make those decisions. And if you lose, then fair enough and say, you know what, hands up, I got it wrong. But when he gets it right, which is pretty much more often than not, it changes the game. And then you guys, obviously, like you said, uh, Theo, it, you were ruthless. And if it wasn't for, I still, as, as I said, uh, Dyer Romero and Larice. I can't really fault them. They had really good games because on another day we end up getting battered and it could be six nil, and that would have been three nil is a bad loss, don't get me wrong, but six nil, seven nil, an embarrassment. And then it's like almost like where do you go from there? So, um, yeah, man, I think the Chelsea team I'm looking at right now is frightening. I think your only weakness, if I have to be super critical, is if if uh, Lukaku gets injured, who really mm. comes in as your goal scorer? Mm. But other than that, you've got quality in abundance in every position. Mm,
0: it's true. It's true. I wanted I wanted to touch on a few things, um, the both points that you've both made. But I think I'll start with the Kante one because I feel like I mean he's world class. I think yeah, we can all no doubt. There's, there's
2: no doubt
0: about that. <laughs> but no see, doubt. I, but what what I like about him <laughs> in terms of he doesn't actually do anything which makes you think, oh, he's world-class. Mm-hmm. It's the little things that he does, the very simple things that he does on on, on and off the ball. Um, you know, he's not like a trickster. He doesn't do flicks and tricks. Mm-hmm. Or he's not really the, the fastest. Um, he just knows you, how you to read the like, game. You
2: wouldn't say he's got the silkiest pass. You wouldn't say he's no, the best. No. But the difference with Kante is when he's out of the team, then you notice the difference. That's, or when yeah, the game's yeah. done, you're like, shit, the guy was everywhere. He did this, he did that. Yeah. But it's, it's a thing where... It's like the eye test, he wouldn't pass the eye test. You wouldn't look at him and say he's a beautiful footballer, he's silky, he's this. But you just look at all the things he does. And then when he's out of your team, then you're like, wow, we yeah. really missed that guy. And then you see how good he is. So, yeah. Um, uh, yeah,
0: I, I agree. I, I agree. I think the fact that Tuchel made that change, um, which brings me on to my next point about Mason Mount as well. For me, I think Mason Mount has just played too much football in, in the last 18, two years, you know, he's played pretty much every game under Frank Lampard. Um, He had a bit of a a rest stuff, also a rest, but he wasn't really playing as much when uh, Thomas Tuchel initially took over, but he did then obviously, you know, he's played pretty much every game since. He also played a lot of games in the Euros. He's come back and, not necessarily dropped uh yeah he hasn't dropped any game time i think the only game he missed was the villa game i think recently and um obviously came back in for, for zenith as well so i, I think for me some Ma, i think we've got to remember his, his age as well he's very he's still quite young
2: how old um, is he again At 22
0: right so I, now, think 20, 22, 22, 22. 22, I think yeah. well, he's 21 22. still very yeah. very
2: young which you don't so, really think about It's
0: crazy. Yeah. so to play that much football um you know the pressure that's on him as well i can kind of see why there's been a slight dip in his form um you know it's probably been the last three games now that he's been involved in um that you kind of look and you think yeah i can see that he's tired his fatigue isn't you know he's, he's, he's just probably worn down so i think it's right that Tuco brought him off i think it was a, a very good tactical substitution and it works uh, it paid off like you said when it works uh, Patrick, like you said, when it works, it goes well, and if it doesn't, you got to h- hold your hands up. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's a brilliant um, substitution as well. But I wanted to touch on um, the fact you mentioned, obviously um, Eric Dyer, um, Emerson Royale as well, the defence that you've mm-hmm. got there for the goals, especially. I think, um, and I'll, I'll probably use Deli Ali as an example. I think, hopefully, I'm correct in this, but I think for the, I think for the the Kante goal, maybe was it Emerson? Uh, sorry, Eric got to get these names right tonight delhi ali i think could have closed yeah, him down yeah
2: yeah 100% yeah delhi was at fault for that one um a tricky one cuz i know the thing is with delhi i'm trying to not be too critical of him because his role has changed under nuno and he's doing a lot of running he's doing a lot of pressing he's winning a lot of second balls he's cl- so his game has changed but to be fair as great as it is to see him fit and active and pressing and blah, blah, blah. We need some output from Delhi. We're not getting goals. We're not getting assists. He's not really commanding a game. You know, you don't have to get goals and assists to command or dominate a game. When you look at someone like your guy um, who's on loan at Crystal Palace, he's not essentially getting goals and assists every game. But you can see what he's doing. He's controlling and dictating the game. When we played, um, what's his name again? Because I've forgot the name. But, um, Connor Gallagher. When we played um, uh, Crystal Palace, he was the best player on the pitch for me. And it's not like he was outstanding with the output, but he was dominating, dictating, getting the ball, making things happen. I'm not really seeing that from Delhi. He had the ball quite a few times in advanced positions in the first half. He didn't take his man on. He didn't really do anything with it. And I'm like, you need to do more now, Delhi. You, you've got to run in the team. You can't really complain that you're not getting that consistent running. You are, but you still need to produce for me. I don't want to be too critical yet but I need to see more from Delhi in that sense. And like you said, uh, if he is meant to be doing that defensive work, he was poor for the the second goal. And that second goal killed the game. I know you guys were in the ascendancy, but at at 1-1, it's 1-0, so it's anyone's game. 2-0, after that we were flat. And even at 2-0, I was thinking, okay, Spurs show some Show some so show, uh, show some fight, show some bottle. Get the sec- get this goal, get the next goal, and then we see where where it goes. Two one, anything can happen. The game's in the balance, but we never looked like scoring. And you guys obviously just did what you did, and game was over. So um, yeah, yeah we 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 for as good as the defensive unit was in certain aspects, it was also quite poor because to concede that many shots in the goal as uh, in the box as Theo said, we were quite lucky. You're quite fortunate if you only go away three nil. No, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, I
0: think I think five five of those shots on target were in the first ten minutes of the second half, or even less. So it shows. We got slaughtered. It it shows the intensity that Tuchel wanted. He obviously took you know took the boys in at half time and said, you know, book your ideas up. But um, an interesting um, sort of thing that's came out of that game for you is the fact that people are saying that um, Timo Werner is probably more preferred now as a winger rather than. and that that sort of striker, which we tried to use him um, in some parts of last season. And he did come on, he did play very well. The link-up play between him and Lukaku was really good. And I don't know if you got to see uh, Thomas Tuchel's press conference today, he was asked that question around can the two of them play together up front? And I just want to get your thoughts. Is that something that you potentially might see two up top or maybe use him as that winger position linking up with Lukaku up front?
1: 100%. I think, you know, I think is good enough to play, you know, as, as a front two with Lukaku or as a potentially as a winger as well. I mean, one of the times that I did kind of criticize him last season was when he was playing as a number nine or as a striker and he'd always end up drifting on the wing. And credit to him, most of the time, he did a good job on the wing. But, you know, it's not where you, you do want him to be when you'd want to have that, you know, that player in the box who'd be finishing goals. And now that we have Lukaku, you know, and it could have easily been Lukaku and not Rudiger for that final goal, you know, putting it in. So if the two of them find that kind of chemistry or that link up play, then, um, then it will be, you know, brilliant. It will be a really kind of goals galore, I want to say. And I think, you know, what Havertz is a brilliant player, but I think Werner's got more, of, you know, he's more of a skillful player, potentially he's got more pace. And um, I do think, you know, the two of them almost complement each other, Lukaku and um, Werner. You know, we spoke about it in, um, in pre-season, about the possibility of the two playing together. And I think, you know, last as I said, we're seeing Werner assist a lot last season, winning penalties, but not necessarily scoring. And now that Lukaku's there, he can almost you know bring that pressure off Werner, and maybe the goals will come with less pressure on Werner to score. But also, you know, maybe we'll see more of a you know winger type you know position to his game where he's assisting, he's you know drilling these balls into the box, he's um, crossing it in. You know, I, when I saw that ball to Rudiger, the amount of times I saw that last season, and it didn't, didn't really lead to anything. I felt so. Maybe now that we have that, you know, Tuchel, he's had a preseason with these players now. He's instructed them what he wants to do, the philosophy he wants to play. And, you know, any other season, that ball would have just drifted across the box and it would, would have gone to no one. But Rudiger was there to finish it in. I know it was getting close to the end. Maybe Spurs were, you know, almost had given up at that stage. But, you know, that's what we were missing last season from Werner. So um, I think he will start as well against Villa tomorrow. And um, I'll, we'll probably get to our predictions later. But I've got him as my first goal scorer for tomorrow. Because I think he's also got a point to prove now, definitely.
0: You just reminded me as well. I was right with the
1: predictions. You Frino. are, yeah. <laughs>
2: for you I did say, I did quite, I did say the, that. What was your prediction for you? What did you go with?
1: I had 1-0 Chelsea oh, okay. on the previous episode. Yeah. And then I changed that when I saw the, the lineups, I think a, a 1-1 or something like oh, that. Okay. But, yeah, no. yeah. So I, I know how good Ali's son and Kane are against Chelsea usually. Yeah. So I kind of, even though Ali's had a poor 12 months, I just know his record against Chelsea. I know that, right. that, you know, he almost likes to play against Chelsea. So I thought one of the three of them's got a goal in them for sure.
0: Yeah, it was, it, and to be fair as well, I think um, in, in terms of, um, I mean, Spurs were, I do think Spurs were very unlucky not to get a goal in that first half an hour. I think that the fact we were sort of on the back foot for half an hour, it was just unfortunate that there wasn't any goal that came out of that. But I wanted to touch on, and I hate talking about him because I feel like we talk about him a lot, me and you, Patrick, whenever I speak to you, I'll, I bring him up, but Harry Kane. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, it's, to be fair it's, me, and, me, and, me and Fira spoke about him as well in the summer yeah. we spoke about him a lot because obviously you know whilst it's that saga, sort of tra- the transfer saga was in, going on
2: never ending saga yeah
0: yeah but um, I wanted to talk to you because I feel like during the game on Sunday whether this was a tactical decision by Nuno but he just felt maybe more in the second half he was drifting into sort of central midfield positions a bit more is that something that you reckon t- um, Nuno's probably told him to do or just the fact that he's, he's not getting a service so he's, 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 you know, drifting into those positions to try and get the ball? And...
2: Yeah, I, I don't think Nuno actually tells Kane what to do. I think he's almost got the free role or the free reign to do what he wants because he is that good. And typically Kane is always, you know, getting goals. If he doesn't get goals, he's getting assists. He's our, he's our talisman and he's our, usually our match winner. So, I don't think Nuno would tell Kane what to do, but he may now have to tell him to stop dropping deep because it's actually overcrowded in the middle and there's no one there to get onto, the, uh, get onto the ball. I know Kane has got the quality to find Son when he's running in behind and find someone on the sixpence. But also at the same time, if you're dropping that deep, then you're not where you need to be. Kane is a fantastic header, a header of the ball. He obviously can finish with the best of them. If you're not in that in that six-yard uh, box when the ball's whipped in or when the ball's passed, I mean, we want Kane at the end of these, uh, you know, chances, We're not trying to create them all the time. So he, and again, change your game. You know, you kept doing the same thing. It was predictable what he was doing. Your defenders almost had a day off. They didn't have to worry about him. So change it up a bit. Uh, but I think he was just getting frustrated. He wasn't getting found... I think he's almost at the point now where he's trying to overdo it because he knows everyone's talking about him. What's happening? Kane isn't doing this. Kane isn't, and he's overdoing it now. Just chill out and let the game come to you, so to speak. Sometimes strikers just need to step back a bit, let the let the game come to them, and then obviously make the run or do what they need to do. Because it feels at the moment that he's overforcing it to try and show, um, you know, what he's about and what he can do. We all know Kane's quality. Typically, Harry Kane always starts the season off slow anyway. Uh, we always have that joke that he doesn't score in August. The fact that he missed, you know, he missed the first couple of our uh, weeks anyway for training, missed a couple of games. He's already behind that curve. Then there's also the question: Does he want to be here? You know, I mean, only he can answer that. His body language is quite despondent. If we're being honest, he probably doesn't. But he's stuck because you know we all know what happened in the summer. So, but he needs to buck his ideas up. He's our best player. Uh, well, some would say a lot of people would also say son may be our best player but to be fair i think anyone that says son is our best player is probably just saying that because harry kane's pissed them off for me harry kane is definitely still, still our best player I, I can't i can't just sit here and clap just because of what happened in the summer for me kane is still our best player son is don't get me wrong son is quality is a top top player but harry kane is still our best player and then obviously we go from there but he needs to step it up now man no more hiding no more fucking about it. We've got Arsenal on the weekend. We need a result against yeah. Arsenal. We cannot lose that game. We have to get a result out of it. Obviously, it's difficult to go to the Emirates and get a win. We haven't done that in a long time, but we must not lose that game on Sunday.
0: It's a big game. It's a big game. But um, just before we move off on Harry Kane, I just obviously the comment there as well around his, his brother, um, you know... It, Do you think that's a a big factor for Harry Kane in terms... Is he still his agent? Is he still part
2: of his... Uh, Well, according to what some of the reports are saying, he's been moved aside just to get him out of the firing line because obviously the move falling through kind of Charlie Kane was blamed for a lot of the naivety like leaking stories to the sun kind of like obviously telling Harry Kane or advising him not to report back to training a lot of it went down I know at the end of the day it's Harry Kane's decision Harry Kane is the player he needs to. but a lot of the ill-advised avi- uh, advice allegedly came from Charlie so I don't know um, what's going on there's reports that he has been moved aside and Harry Kane signed with another agency and even during the summer he changes his PR agency as well because there was, a, there was a there was a while where he was completely silent, and then you know he started putting a post out like back at training, well done lads, all that typical shit that you know is pretty much written and scripted. yeah but, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know at the moment what's going on. It's gone quite quiet on that front. Um, I don't know. You know when it said um another player who lets his brother do the talking, who was uh, shooter defense referring to, who was the other player you guys were talking about? Um, you know, uh, Theo, from your last comment. Uh, before one? this one no the one before that where it says another player obviously they're talking yeah so they're talking about Harry Kane obviously but when it says another player were you guys referring to other players in another pod or is it just that comment is off the back of what do you get what I mean um, does it make sense what I'm saying is he referring yeah, yeah, to yeah. the that you guys were talking about in the previous pod or is he just no saying- no I'm I'm not 100% sure okay. but, um,
0: but yeah no that, that's interesting I, I mean it's like you said, you know, I think he's he's got to he's there. as a Chelsea. He's not a Chelsea. He's a Spurs Spurs player. He's under contract. He's being paid every single week. So, those those are the terms of your contract. So you just have to, you know, so you have to stick true. to them, and you just that's have to, true. you have to play the football that you're you're being paid to to yeah, play. Yeah. So
2: I mean, you know, Harry Kane's paid quite handsomely. I know, obviously, um, the money isn't everything, and of course, who wouldn't want to go Man City if Man City are after you, and you get the chance to fight in a team that is. I don't Kane know, you know, up, they, were, they were losing to
0: Wickham before, so I'm not, I, I I'm not sure. They're three-one
2: up now. They're three-one on, one up. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, they turned that I game around. But the thing is, for Harry Kane, which I still don't understand what Man City were playing at, they really needed a striker and they really want Harry Kane. They would have put the money up. We all know they've got the money. When they spent £100 million on Jack Grealish and did that before they bought in Harry Kane, for me, that said it all. And there's no way we would let Harry Kane go for less than 100. If Jack Grealish was a hundred million, if they're prepared to pay hundred million for Jack Grealish who don't get me wrong as a fantastic player. When you're looking at the output and the quality of the two players, I know Harry Kane's a bit older, of course, but there's no way if you then paid hundred million for Jack Grealish, you're not going to pay. Or we're not going to demand 130, 140, 150 for Harry Kane, who has endless amounts of golden boots and had just come off the back of a fantastic season. You know, he was the premier league golden boot winner. And he got the playmaker of the year um, in terms of the assist. So we, we're, we're within our rights to request 150, 140 million for him, irrespective of his age or what some may say his ankles, et cetera. He's so important to us. He's come off the back of a fantastic year and he had three years left on his contract. So everything was in our favour in in terms of the negotiating or bargaining chips. Man City didn't obviously come in with a decent bid, so he ended up staying. But Harry Kane's got to get that out of his mind now and focus, because otherwise, before you know it, half the season's gone, and you're on like three or four goals, and then you're you're a washout. Do you know what I mean, so he needs to step it up now, man. Like, no more excuses. You know, get your big boy pants on uh, um, <laughs> and score <laughs> some goals. Yeah, yeah.
0: But I think just going back to your comment there, so okay. I think yeah, no, talk no, about I Nicholas. Say, okay. So I do, yeah. I do, I do, see that. Yeah, I do yeah, see makes that. Yeah, yeah, Nicholas. Man. Nicholas Anelka yeah uh, we, I did like him at Chelsea to be fair
1: well, fantastic player yeah. fantastic yeah, player yeah, so he's yeah, good yeah. for us
0: but um, I just want to mention before we move off from the premiership or the EPL whatever we call it these days mm. I just needed to say Thiago Silva man of the match oh mate because he was man of the match for me yeah. 100% you know he was, If we, we talk about Kante but he was actually man of the match for me
2: and, and, and you know what I, I, sorry, before you go on, Fiat, sorry, I, I just want to say when you guys signed him, I was quite skeptical. Like, oh, he's 36 years old. What's he going to do? There? But hands up, the guys come in. He's been fantastic. And it just goes to show the quality in the class is still there. Still there. 100%. Yeah, the experience
1: is there. 100%. When we were talking in the previous episode about contract renewals, and I said, you know, signing players like Azpilicueta to a new contract. And also there's maybe talks of a a one-year extension for Thiago Silva. We got that done last summer. It's so important to these type of squads just to have that experience in there. And, you know, like Thiago Silva, I think he's turning 37 this week or next week. And he's literally, he just he's still playing like he's, you know, in the prime of his days when he just signed for PSG or, you know, early ace in Milan. And um, he was absolutely fantastic. And when people talk about the best centre-backs in the premiership, a lot of talk is always around, you know, Ruben Dias or Virgil van Dijk. But, you know, what's not saying that despite his age, Thiago Silva's amongst the, you know, up there with some of the best centre-backs. And maybe I do see sometimes we saw against, I think, in the Spurs fixture last season when he stretched a bit too much and ended up getting injured. We saw in the Champions League final as well. Maybe that is that side to him where you can't play him every, every, you know, every week. But, you know, in big games like that against another, you know, team that's fighting for top six or top four. Sh- he needs to be playing hundred percent. And as much as Reese James is good, I think the, you know, the, the that back line of having Aspiers as the right wing back and then Christensen, Rudiger and um and Thiago Silva with one of Alonso and Chilwell as the left wing back, it just works what wonders. Because I think just going back to that back, back five, we just saw how you know Alonso was getting in the box each time. And I think you must have that communication with Loqueta. one of them stays a bit more back and then when the other one goes you know forwards it becomes the back four. Mm-hmm. But you know Thiago Silva and the whole defense was p- fantastic. But Silva and Alonso, for me, were were brilliant on the day as well.
0: I just want to go back to that comment down there by shoot the defense. Um, were you surprised for you that PSG didn't think to keep him on and and you'll know, try and do a deal with him or, or, or you know because he's I mean like you just mentioned you know he's thirty seven. To be honest, it probably could have easily suited him just to stay in the the French League and, you know, do another season there. And, you know, but was you surprised that obviously there was no contract done between the two, the the player and the club to keep him there? And that, you know, obviously he decided to come to the the Premiership.
1: I'm really surprised, really, really surprised. And I think he, he spoke out recently about how he was really disappointed with how things finished at PSG. He didn't really get the farewell that he deserved. And it was just, I think, a small Instagram post or whatever. But um, especially maybe PSG like Chelsea have that policy where they don't really, they're quite, you know, reluctant to give contracts to players over 30. But, you know, why let Thiago Silva go and sign a, a 34 or 35-year-old Sergio Ramos, who's just kind of out the back of, you know, an injury-prone season and really, really poor season as well. So it doesn't make sense at all. And if I was Thiago Silva, I'd feel like I'd been cheated by PSG. But the fact that he's won a Champions League now, you know, at Chelsea, and put in a man-of-the-match performance like we saw on Sunday, is almost a bit of a middle finger up to PSG. And, and you know, their, their transfer strategy. So it's so a credit to him. You know, I think he's come out, you know, stronger and at the better club, I want to say.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, it's a, it's a bold statement for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I agree as well with the comment down there. Rudiger and Christiansen have definitely improved. Um, I'm going to throw Trevor Chalabar in there as well. I think obviously Thomas has seen something in uh, Chalabot to keep him at the club, not loan him out. We've obviously tried to get the Kunde deal done before the window shut as well. But I think that's obviously a factor why Chaliba stayed. But I just think in terms of keeping him around the club and, um, you know, I was saying to someone yesterday, even if we do lose Thiago Silva and he's not, you know, he's not able to play, we don't extend his contract and he decides to hang his boots up, which is an option. It'd be brilliant to keep him around the club for just maybe another year or so just to give that experience to someone like a Trevor chalaba Malang if we keep him as well. Whoever else we bring in, in, in that sort of central defence position but um, yeah it's, you know from a Chelsea perspective you know it's definitely um, full steam ahead at the moment but Patrick I just wanted to ask in terms of Spurs because obviously um, you know Thursday nights playing on a Sunday that kind of catch up thing yeah, um, yeah. it's never easy it's never easy for any club and we've been there you know as Chelsea fans as well but what what do you think realistically for Nuno Spurs this season um, we have yeah. to
2: Ideally, we need to win uh, our Europa Conference League. We're in there. We're one of the favourites. You'd typically say it'd be between us and Roma as the early favourites. Obviously, that can change. I don't know. Because it's a brand new competition, I'm not sure what happens. Did a third place Europa League teams drop in? I don't know how it works. I'm not sure what happens in that sense. But either way, Tottenham should be one of the best teams in there. We have to go for it. Um, We can't turn our nose up at Silverware. I know, you know it's a new competition and typically you don't want to be in there. I'd rather be in there than not be in Europe. And yeah, we need to win it. We need to win it. It's you, You're right, though, uh, Theo, uh, as in TDOT, Uh that Thursday-Sunday schedule is horrible, especially when the big teams play on Saturday because you're playing catch-up already. So it's a, it's a horrible fixture, uh, rotational cycle, but it is what it is. We're in there because, you know, that's where we finish. That's where we deserve to be. Uh, but in terms of that, so ideally you want to win that. Um, obviously if we can go on a good cut run, fantastic. But the aim for us is to get back into that top six. It's going to be difficult now because there's a lot of good teams. You've got your Leicesters, you've got your West Ham's. obviously Arsenal. I don't know where they'll be, but they'll be fighting for that as well. So there's a lot of teams fighting. They're 13th at the moment, so let's hope they stay (laughs) 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 there. Over the course of a season, they should be. If they're serious, they should be fighting for top six as well. But for me, the top four is set. I definitely think, you know... It's almost like a four-horse race for the title at the moment. I do think Chelsea and Man City are the the stronger teams. But Man United, with all their quality that they've added, should be up there. And obviously Liverpool, uh, if they stay fit, they're definitely within a shout. We all know how good they are on their day. Uh, So the top four, in my opinion, is those four teams. And then you've got your Leicesters, your West Ham's, your Tottenham's. They'll be fighting for those other two spots to get into the top six. Obviously, whoever then finishes out that is seventh typically Arsenal will be there as well. So already, the league's already packed. So it's going to be hard to get into those top six places as it is. But um, yeah, Tottenham should be aiming for top six and to win the conference league. That's what I would say is a decent season. I'd have to agree. And Theo, did you reckon
0: that's that's a, a realistic um, you know, progress, obviously, from from last season for, for Spurs?
1: Very, very realis- realistic, I felt. Um you know they did very well to keep Harry Kane, and as as Patrick said, if he re- rediscovers his form, there's nothing that says they can't you know break into that top six and challenge for the Conference League. And I think the two kind of favourites for that Conference League are definitely Roma and Tottenham, just based on the quality of players they have. You know, Mourinho, Nuno, probably the two best managers in the in that in the Conference League as well. And um just for you know going back to Chelsea, I just found it remarkable how it's Chelsea, Liverpool have always had identical stats. They every single one of their results has been the exact same one. Yeah, but crazy. then you look at yeah, you look at Chelsea, I feel like the opposition we've played has been has been a better quality. Yeah, so that maybe favours us there. But um I think we are exactly the same goal difference every single time, you know, when we beat Crystal Palace 3-0, they beat Norwich 3-0, you know, we beat um Tottenham this weekend 3-0, they beat um was it Crystal Palace 3-0. So it's just like matching each other's results. But um, but yeah, I think, um, you know, the, top, the teams that are in the top four. I don't know if Brighton still sit there at the moment. I think they're but, fourth uh,
0: or fifth.
1: Yeah, I fourth. think it's, it's both, both the Manchester clubs, Chelsea and, um, and, uh, mm-hmm. and Liverpool, I think it's one of those four.
0: 100%. My, 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 only, my only sort of, not worry, because I don't really care about Liverpool this much, but I suppose my only thing for Liverpool is obviously we've still got a factor in the African Cup of Nations. Yeah. When Salah will leave. Marnie will leave mm. um, I don't think please like, well. yeah. plays for his nah. um, he doesn't they play don't
2: have more, but, as well as you guys like Chelsea and Liverpool um, Chelsea Chelsea and Man City have good depth if you get a couple of injuries you're more than capable to cover those positions other than like I said Lukaku but even if you Lukaku gets injured touch wood for you guys you still got the quality to play a false nine have Werner have Havertz have Ziyech you can mix and match do you know what I mean if Liverpool get an injury to the Salah or a Mane or even a Van Dijk, they're kind of, they're in big they trouble. They stick off Yeah. <laughs> 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 or, 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 yeah.
1: Even Alisson, even Alisson. Yeah. We saw last yeah, season yeah, you know, when that Alisson was injured.
2: Yeah, yeah, there you go. They don't have the depth that you guys have. And I think over the course of a season, especially them trying to challenge on all fronts, that will hit. that will hurt them. Um, you guys are, uh, have, obviously, because to be fair, Klopp's a world-class manager. Tuchel's a world-class manager. Guardiola's a world-class manager. And man-, man United, their problem is <laughs> they, they don't have a good manager. Well, Oli is a good manager. He is a good manager. to yeah, get them, I think know, he's a good man-manager as well. Yeah. I think his man-management's no, good. He finished third and second. He kind of steadied the ship. He's got them back into those, you know, solidified Champions League spots. But when you look at him compared to the other guys we're mentioning, there's no, there's no comparison and I think that's where Man United falls short. The
1: manager mm. give, the, the, give Antonio Conte this United squad, and I think he will uh, win your mate. league.
2: Yeah, mate.
0: That's, I yeah. think he'll. I think he'll be waiting for the City job. The way Pep's talking so. at the moment, I think he's. Mm. I think Pep's had enough at City. If I'm honest, I mm. think if I think the Champions League really, really dented um, their plans last season. I think they were they were banking on that. I think yeah. a lot. Pep That that
2: no DM in the Champions League final. That. That was criminal. I just don't understand. Yeah. Like, you know, that's the thing with Pep. I know, like I was saying about big managers make big decisions, but sometimes Pep overthinks it. There was no need to do that.
1: Uh, mm. in one exactly like exactly what we said about Pep in the Champions League final. He overthought that yeah. starting eleven. Yeah, I think man, Bernardo Silva yeah. as a centre mid. It yeah, just it was, didn't make sense. Oh, I, geez, I hope I wrong. hope he does it again on Saturday. I hope he does it <laughs> yeah, again, yeah, again on Saturday. Well, they've got
0: loads of injuries, haven't they? So I think yeah. as long as they keep their, their injuries piled up, we should be okay. But um, Who,
1: um who's at
2: home on Saturday? Is it you guys? Chelsea, it's Chelsea, Chelsea. Ex- wow, early yeah. kickoff. Okay. Uh, early okay.
0: kickoff. So okay. we, we I mean we should be confident. I think Mendy should be back as well, which is gonna which is going to move me over to tomorrow's games for both of us. Obviously, EFL Cup's taking place in the week. Um, Patrick, I'll start with with you. Wolverhampton, yeah. what are your thoughts? Is this, a, is this a time to rest some players before the North London derby on, on, on the yeah, weekend? Yeah, he,
2: he's definitely going to have to rest players, no doubt. The Arsenal game, at at, at the moment, it's, it's a bit annoying because Wolves are a tough team. I mean, even we beat them in the League 1-0, but they gave us a torrid time and we were quite lucky to come away not conceding. I don't know how we didn't concede. Traore one-on-one with Lloris. Should have slotted that anywhere. Left, right, even lift it. You know, they're back in the game. Uh, so we got lucky with that one. Going again away to them again. I'm sure they'll probably go strong in that game. Um, we have to rest players. We can't have Kane, Son, you know, uh, Delhi out. All of these guys. I know one a few will play. But we, have, we definitely have one eye on the North London derby. So it will be the second string. I don't know. I mean, depending, that's going to be a tough one, man. I think I hate to say it, I probably think Wolves will will get a result tomorrow because um, we will have all eyes on the North London Derby, and we need to solid, uh, we need to solidify our league form and kind of bounce back. We've lost two on a spin now, two three nilers in a row. We need a result on Sunday, so I think that's where we'll be looking at.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a massive game, man. I think you, in a, in a, as mad as it sounds, I think you can kind of sacrifice. Playing in the League Cup, you know, like yeah. I mentioned before, playing on Thursday nights and then catching up in the, the league on the Sunday. Yeah. I, I feel like you can probably sacrifice, as mad as it sounds, because it's a trophy and, and that's what yeah. you play for. You win, you want to win trophies. It, but. It's
2: the timing of it. The timing of it, considering we've just come off the back of two, you know, back-to-back 3-0 defeats. Uh, and we've also then got Arsenal on the weekend on Sunday. The timing of this fixture is really bad for us in terms of what's yeah. happened and our results. So I think you're right, uh, team Dot, We have to kind of sacrifice it. It sounds annoying to say because it's a it's a, it's a a competition. It's early days. You want to win as, you know, you want to challenge it on, on all fronts. But with the squad we have right now, we've kind of also got to be smart. And and the Arsenal game is 100% more important right now.
0: I, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Theo, um, so yeah, I'm going to throw it over to you because we've got a big game coming up tomorrow against Aston Villa Um, yeah I say a big game because I think we're going to be resting a lot of players um, from what Thomas Tuchel said in his press conference earlier Um, I I think we might even see Bentonelli play instead of Kepa which is a possibility Maybe Kepa, we're not sure. But I think even the likes of Ross Barkley might get a game. Malang Saar, Trevor Chalabar, um, Saul I think he's probably going to feature at some point as well. Callum Hudson Adoy. So there's a lot of changes in there. Um are you confident for tomorrow in terms of who we put out? And like we've both kind of said already, um, and I know Patrick's mentioned the same, we've got that depth in the squad as well. So are you confident for tomorrow's game?
1: I'm confident we'll get a result. I'm not confident that we'll play like we did um, on Sunday against Spurs in that second half. I do think, you know, you you listed about six or seven players there that are quality players, but they're not your Kovacic's, your Kante's, your Thiago Silvers. So I think there'll be a bit of defensive fragility that will allow maybe Aston Villa to score a goal, or maybe two. Um, So I don't think we'll be getting that clean sheet um, tomorrow. But at the same time, you know, I think Ruben will get some minutes. Um, I think um, Ruben and Sal Niguez are the two players that course, said... um, will feature tomorrow you know and I think Sal had a rough 45 minutes in the league against um against Aston Villa but now that he's trained with all those first team players you know after the international break I think you know he's probably found his feet and I I think he'll have a decent game tomorrow but I think we will win I think it will be very very cagey I think it could even do it I think there's no more um second legs in this this straight extra time or penalties even so I think there's a possibility it could go to extra time which is why you know you need that depth in the squad um, if it does go so you don't um, you don't have those players that will be playing on a Saturday or Sunday you want them rested but um, but no I'm expecting a tough game and I think Aston Villa you know realistically that's probably their best chance of winning a trophy this season so maybe they might take it more seriously than us and they might even play Martinez you know who's their, their, their best um, goalkeeper and um I'm hoping they played that Jed Starr guy again who played in the league yeah. against us. Because yeah, he, he, he wasn't te- the best, was he? Yeah, I think if he plays, I think we'll definitely score a few. But um, if Martinez plays, if Mings plays, if Buendia plays, then it might be a tricky game for us. Uh, so I'm just
2: looking before, uh, Aston Villa got Man United away on Saturday. So they yeah, also have to, to have say one eye again. on that. So mm. To be fair, that's in your favour. So they've got a tough game on the weekend, so they can't really go full tilt yeah. either. Yeah. So that's that's also quite a key factor for you guys, which will yeah. play into yeah. your hands. We've got yeah, we've got the
1: right. depth, to computer now in yeah. both games. So.
0: Yeah, I, I still think even going forward, I think when we, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure Lukaku is going to be rested. So you're looking at maybe a team of Werner uh, or um, you know Havertz playing in that role. But I, I do think even and I, I, not even to sound cocky, but I think when I go into games now, when I'm watching Chelsea, I do expect to win. And, mm-hmm. and um, I haven't had that feeling for it. Even on Sunday and and again before against Aston Villa, even against Liverpool, I did think we were going to win. I don't think I've predicted a, a nil, a, a draw or a 1-0 to the other team. I've always gone into it with the ambition that we're going to win. And I, I feel the same against Aston Villa. I think even if we were to put out, you know, rest Reese James and put Hudson-Odoi right win back or play Ben Chilwell instead of Alonso, like you mentioned cover, um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek or Sal Niguez in, in midfield as well. I think they're quality players. They've got enough quality to, to beat Aston Villa with ease and, and that's not a disrespect to Aston Villa because they've got, I mean, Leon Bailey came on, <laughs> done <laughs> do something that. crazy and then yeah. went, walked off. So, I mean, they've got players that can change games. That's not, a doubt, you know, that they've definitely got the players there. Um, Ollie Watkins is another player that I like as well, along with um, Danny Ings. But like you've just mentioned, Patrick, that's a big game for them to be, yeah, you know, one eye on that as well for Saturday. I think the only thing for me is the fact that you know, we and I don't want to sound like Klopp, but we are the early kickoff on Saturday, we're playing on Wednesday night, so it is a bit, you know, yeah. um, tight. Yeah, he's definitely got to rest some players. Yeah. Um, I'm glad, obviously, Mendy's not even featuring because I think he's done the right thing. If he's not fully fit, then don't have him even on the bench. Just play Kepa, have um, Betanelli on the bench again and, and, and just leave it at that. But I, I think we're going to beat them. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my prediction now because we're going to wrap up soon. So I'm just going to do it and say 4-0. I'm just going oh, to <laughs> <that's laughs> <that's- that's- laughs> say 4-0. I'm going to say 4-0.
1: Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, a lot more optimistic, optimistic than me. I'm. I'm going to yeah. say two-one Chelsea. I think we'll, we will concede our first, uh, our second goal of the season. I think.
0: Patrick, I want to hear your views on. Um,
1: on
2: your game I or my game?
0: No, your game. Your game. Well, both actually. You can. You can I do, both. You guys, you can do yeah, both.
2: I think you guys will win. Two-one or three. The thing is, you guys have got so many good players, but the fact, like you said, after you, know, they haven't really the second string probably haven't played together no. as a unit. So that will also play into, you know, that will be a factor. And as the competition goes on, they'll play more and they are gel and, you know, they'll start finding their feet. So early doors, Aston Villa will probably have a more of a solid or set team. I'll probably say 2-1 Chelsea. Uh, and our game, I think we'll lose 2-1, Ooh. which I hate to say. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I I just think Nuno will make a lot of changes. We'll definitely have one eye on um, Sunday. And uh, he'll probably sacrifice tomorrow
1: for you know a is it is it, of- is it home or away both uh, we're
2: away we're away to Wolves mm-hmm. so away, yeah we're away to Wolves and away to to um, Arsenal so tricky fixtures man mm. tricky fixtures
0: T- to be honest I'm going to be supporting Spurs against Arsenal
2: yeah oh, agree,
0: I, right. I, need, I need a Spurs win I do need a Spurs win because Arsenal fans really do like to... Um...
2: Oh, they're, they're the worst fan base ever. I, I mean, <laughs> a lot of my friends are Arsenal fans and we go at it all day long. And I'm just like, you guys are just not humble. For where you are right yeah. now, back-to-back yeah. eight finishes, you've only won two games, but they just talk and talk and, and uh, it fucking jars me. So yeah, <laughs> we, we just, if we don't get beat, I'm okay. Um, yeah. If we get beat, oh my God, it's, I'm never mm. going to hit the end of it. So... Yeah,
0: it's going to be interesting. I'll, I'll try and avoid messaging if you uh, if you lose, but nah, if you win, so good. You, but if you, but, you but if you win, out.
2: yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll
0: tune into views anyway. You know, every yeah, Sunday, yeah, yeah, be <laughs> tuned fantastic. in. But um, but yeah, so yeah, it's been it's been obviously a good episode. Um, thank you again, Patrick, for coming oh, on.
2: As as I'm, I'm on here, do you, think, are you guys? Where do you guys think? What? Because this is a question I always ask the Chelsea boys. Because for me, I feel you guys are. S- superb right now you're in fantastic form you've probably got the most informed manager I don't know if he's the best manager but he's the most informed manager your squad's fantastic are you guys confident you'll win the league this year or are you being a bit 100%. reserved a the Wait,
1: if, you, if you're listening on Spotify we're both nodding very you know enthusiastically yeah, yeah, yeah. no
2: that's great man that's great yeah. I love to see it I love to see it because yeah. um, I-, I think I-, I think you guys are the best team personally right yeah. you now
0: the only thing you mentioned earlier, which I definitely agree with,
2: it, is if we was to lose Lukaku yeah. in a, yeah. a very sort of, you know, yeah. six month kind of injury, a Van Dyke yeah. injury. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Three, Not even six months, because that's kind of almost unheard of. But if he has like a three month injury, those can, can mm. happen. Then I think mm. you're in trouble. Uh, but if not, you're fine, man. You're fine.
0: Yeah, but I'm confident. I'm confident. I've said it on here before. Um, You know, May, I'm going to be here sitting here, big bottle of champagne, drinking, (laughs) (laughs) celebrating music in the background, even though we're doing a podcast, it's going to be, it's going to be a crazy episode, but um, I'm confident, you know, I'm confident. I think the way we started it, um, I look at city um, and yes, they're a brilliant team. Obviously we know that as well. I look at Liverpool they're a brilliant team, but as we mentioned about the African combinations and they might even just pick up a few injuries as well. I look at United and, do you know, I'm going to say this actually, for me, United, Matt Tominey is actually one of their best players. And it's crazy because a lot of people don't like him, obviously, because of the Matt Fred stuff and we're playing alongside Fred, but I think he's one of the key players for them. Obviously, um, CR7's back there as well. They've got Marcus Rashford to come back into there as well. So it is going to be interesting for them, but I do think Oli... It, the it's, only the, right, it's, it's yeah. only the right guy I don't know and I don't think anyone knows and I think he's like for instance you know the West Ham game it's those kind of results that are keeping him in the job so yeah. you know as long as they do that we've got every reason to to be happy and and, and think that we can win the league as well
2: ah, I agree man I agree well said uh, the thing is you're saying it with uh, valid points as well you're not just saying yes for the sake of it you're giving me a good rundown and, and reasoning behind it so no, nah, I think that's fair enough it's valid
0: yeah but yeah, appreciate you coming on. And what I want to do before we wrap up is obviously again just tell the viewers, the listeners, where they can they can hear your, your stuff and where you are because you're on quite a few uh,
2: yeah, places um, now. Yeah, it's been quite a busy international uh, <laughs> <walks> month <laughs> for me, so it's going well. But my actual platform is Views TV Official, so just Views B I E W S TV Official. That's um, the show that I run with Semps, my boy Leon Sempa. He's a Man United fan. He's the host. And uh, it started off, it's called Everyone's a Pundit. And we started with myself, the Tottenham fan, Leon's the Man United fan. And we had Jay Nova, Mr. Jason Alex. He's the Arsenal fan. And then it kind of branched out as we, you know, grew and become more popular. And we get different fans from different teams in every week. The show's called Everyone's a Pundit. We give everyone their chance to be a pundit. And we kind of just bounce off each other. So that's going really well. And then I'm also on Uh C-O-Y-S is in for the, you know, come on youspurs.com. I'm on their podcast We record every monday night and we also do a a pre-match preview on a on a friday and then i've been featured on quite a few different platforms now like the football terrace and other shows like you guys where you just invite me on so so yeah man i mean my name my username is patrick tyrant on our twitter and instagram just follow me and then you can keep up with all the stuff i'm doing
0: yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff you're doing because obviously I keep uh, try and keep up with it, but it's, yeah. uh, you're doing, you're doing too much, Patrick. You need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Theo, just let the listeners know where they can find you as well. And, um, the, all the stuff that you, you know, the, the work you're doing on Instagram as well.
1: Yeah. So you can follow my Twitter account at so Sesky time. So seski spelled the Sesk Fabregas way, but drop us a follow on, the from the shed end podcast on, um, on Instagram. So it's from the shed end with underscore between all the, the words. And I'm going to the Aston Villa game tomorrow and the City game on Saturday, Um, so there'll be a lot of match day content from those games as well. I'm trying to post some reels as well of just like what it's like to be um, at a Chelsea game at Stamford Bridge. So drop us a follow there and to see all that content.
0: Yeah, and also Twitter as well. We're on there, YouTube at From the Shed End on YouTube. Just search for us um, from the Shed End podcast. Give us a subscribe, like, comment, agree with me. Disagree, with Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I'm nah, missing. Really um, but no, honestly, Patrick, thank you for coming on. Yes, um, yeah. Taking the time out as well. Yeah. So,
2: Always a pleasure. You boys, um, yeah, get me on whenever you, uh, whenever you oh, want. Oh, we um,
0: will. We, we will when we did. It.
2: On my platform as well. Seski, I've just given you a follow. So yeah, um, we'll, we'll link up and we'll work together. So, Sounds yeah. good.
0: When, when we play you at the bridge, we'll definitely have you on. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure oh, it's going to be nah, well. uh, <laughs> I'm dead I'm, dead
2: I'm dead That could be a spanking. I just yeah. hope we find some form by them, and then you guys <laughs> hopefully go through your wobble because every team's going to have that 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 patchy, you know, that sketchy run unless obviously they do an invincible. So yeah, I just hope that we catch you at the right time. Otherwise, fuck me, it could be it could be it could be horrible. I might actually call a sickie <laughs> on that day. For it me. Could be a <laughs>
0: Southampton nine 0
2: but,
0: um, but no. Tricking <laughs> on <laughs> Thanks for joining me as always. Um, until next time, it's been episode 24 from the Shed End podcast. Thanks for listening and we will be back next week.